today on This Christian Life. People would never say like, oh, Mike is just the most amazing preacher in the world. But people have always told me when I preach, they can see my heart. And so not being able to preach on a weekly basis is one of those great losses that I've experienced over the last seven to eight months. It's a sadness. I miss it. Our guest, Mike Fenema, is a pastor, but he's not allowed to preach. His new job, as he told us, is to heal. After 101 days in rehab, isolated from most of his family, God gave Pastor Mike a new life and a new way to share the message of salvation with the world. Some people believe that you must have done something wrong when something bad happens to you. But you won't find that in the Bible. And that wasn't the case with Mike Fenema either. My parents raised me in a Christian home, taught me to love the Lord, went to Christian school my entire life. I just had lots of opportunities to be in church and to assume leadership roles and really enjoyed that, but never really imagined that God would actually call me into the ministry. As I went into college, I took a semester in Kenya. During that time, God really stripped away all of my comforts, all the things that I was familiar with. He got me to a place where I was simply by myself. Just really had opportunity to to reflect on what God was calling me to do. And during that time, I really felt him calling me into vocational ministry. I loved working with students one-on-one, and I got some opportunities to to preach while I was there and really thought, uh, this is something that I really enjoy, and I, I feel like God can use me in this arena. Mike had a heart for the Lord and began his ministry with his wife. He was doing his best to please God, and then from out of the blue, he made a decision that altered not only his life, but his family's life as well. Here's what happened. It began in late October of 2020. The church plant that I was serving in was struggling through COVID. And we got to a point where my wife and I, through a lot of prayer and reflection, realized that it was probably time to just let it go and close the plant down. And we'd been through a lot of struggle and COVID was kind of the last straw. So Thanksgiving comes around and we're enjoying the holiday. And on Saturday, November 28th, we were doing our normal Saturday chores. And a buddy of mine had asked if I could take his kids mountain biking that afternoon. And so I gathered up my two oldest sons, Elliot and Oliver, and went with these two other boys, their friends, Isaac and Schaefer, and we went to the local mountain biking trail that we've gone to a number of times. It's one that we love and know well. We did most of the trails that I had done in the past, and then we got to a a new one that I was unfamiliar with, but my sons had done previously. It was an expert trail called the Sweet 16. I allowed them to go down ahead of me, and as they went down, I watched and said, okay, here we go. 
I remember the first two turns very vividly. It's a series of two switchbacks, left and right. Apparently, after the switchbacks, there's this series of jumps. And the first one is one that instead of going slowly over, you're supposed to just kind of let yourself go. You get a little bit of air and you, you keep going. I was unfamiliar with it and I tried to go slowly over it. And in doing so, I flew over my handlebars, landed then on my helmet. By God's grace, there was another adult who was actually coming back up to do the trail again. And he saw it happen and was there immediately and was able to call 911. I laid there on the ground, not being able to move. I was there for about 45 minutes. I did complain of the fact that I couldn't move my legs. And that was concerning to me. They tell me that I was answering questions. I was asking where my sons were, wanting to talk to my wife. I was able to talk to her on the phone, but she says that she could tell that I wasn't completely with it, that something had happened. I have no recollection of the accident or what happened afterwards. They eventually were able to get me to an ambulance, which took me to a helicopter, and I was life-flighted to Vanderbilt where I had emergency surgery the next day to repair my spinal column. Two rods were placed on either side of my spinal column, and it turns out that I had a spinal cord injury in my neck, starting at C4 down to C7. I spent 10 days at Vanderbilt, and God opened up an opportunity for me to go to the Shepherd Center down in Atlanta. The Shepherd Center is one of the most premier places for a spinal cord injury. And for me to be able to get in there that quickly was honestly God's grace. It was pretty much a miracle. When I rolled into the Shepherd Center, I was on a gurney with a neck brace, barely able to lift my head. God continued to show up while I was there, helping me get stronger, working with an incredible team of therapists and nurses and doctors who were able to not only nurse me back to health, but also challenge me and get me into a place where I was using a manual wheelchair, being able to go out on my own power. Mike didn't let himself get discouraged by his injuries. He pushed himself through the pain. He suffered through the challenges of physical therapy. But there was one thing, one thing that brought him to his knees in sadness and surrender, the isolation. The discouraging part was that I spent 101 days apart from my family, only being able to see them twice. And each time it was six feet away outside through a metal fence. 101 days where I wasn't able to give my children a hug or have my three-year-old come and sit in my lap. It was, you know, 101 days where I couldn't hug my wife or um, hold her hand or... Um, put my arm around her and a very difficult time to be able to have this great therapy but be physically separated from the people that I love so dearly. Psalms 91 verses 14 and 15 Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, 
I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. In my moments of grief and heartache and trial and struggle, and there was lots of them, God would always meet me in the place where I was. He told me that he wasn't necessarily taking away the struggle, but he was meeting me in it. You know, I'm a I'm an introvert and so being alone is actually something that I enjoy. But there's a difference between wanting to have some time to myself and just feeling like you're completely and utterly alone. You know, and I spent a semester in Kenya not knowing the language, being in a completely different culture where they, you know, even ate different foods and did things differently. Because I was so different, I felt like I was just by myself and often did spend time by myself, just really crying out to the Lord. And he consistently met me through scripture, through the reading of the Psalms, and just reminding me of his constant presence and that I am never alone. Really appreciated the relationship that I had with the Lord during that time, because it was one of such dependence upon him. And then going through such struggles of not being able to move my legs and struggling with the use uh, of my hands, trying to learn to dress myself again, or even being able to get in and out of bed, not having the people that I love, like my wife and my children, being able to be there to encourage me and to support me through that, feels, feels utterly alone. There were often times where I would cry out to God and ask him difficult questions. And as I read through the Psalms, I saw David doing the same thing. You know, in Psalm 13, David starts off by saying, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? He ends the Psalm, though, with encouragement by saying, I've trusted in your steadfast love, and my heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. I realized that even in my times of, of deepest isolation and this feeling of alone, even when I want to ask God these questions like, God, have you forgotten me? He reminds me of his steadfast love, of the salvation that he has secured for me through Christ. And he consistently reminded me of, of Psalm 23, that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm never alone. And often it's the times when I allow myself to go to those hard places, to ask the questions of God, to really share, like, God, this is where I am right now. I, I'm angry. I'm struggling. I'm, I'm questioning you. Uh, I don't feel your presence, and I know theologically that you're there, but I don't feel it right now, uh, and I need you to know that. Those are the times when I actually don't walk away from the Lord. I feel drawn in by Him, and I feel Him saying, it's okay, I'm here, I understand. And the beauty of it is He does understand, because Christ went through all of that. Despite the feeling of being alone, we never are truly alone because God is always with us. And there's going to come a day when all of that is going to be wiped away. 
you will always be in my presence and all sin and all suffering, all spinal cord injuries will be taken away and there will just be perfection. It's going to be so beautiful. And I've never longed for that more so than over the last seven to eight months as I walk through this struggle. Psalms 18.6 In my distress, I called upon the Lord. To my God, I cried for help. From His temple, He heard my voice. And my cry to Him reached His ears. I would pray for my healing or for my legs to work again or for the ability to walk. And I was consistently reading through 2 Corinthians and the book of Psalms and Lamentations and hearing from God that my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. I am here as you walk through this valley. I am present with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. He reminded me that his faithfulness is great that his mercies are new every morning. And I needed that reminder every morning and it would be okay. Psalm 46 verses one through three. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear. Though the earth gives way, though mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. You know, during COVID, everyone talks about this new normal of what it's going to be like after we get over the hump. And that's kind of what I felt like in my life. I had this life that was similar to before, but obviously very different because now I'm in a wheelchair. And so now I'm adjusting to this new normal. It's me and my family trying to navigate. What does this look like now that daddy's in a wheelchair? Many people from our community, more so than I could have ever possibly imagined, had banded together to help renovate our house. More men showed up than we could have ever possibly imagined. All who wanted to help and to to share their expertise, get their hands dirty. And so we had some pretty major renovations done to our house, including a, a bathroom that could be accessible for me, a new ramp put in the front of our house so that I could actually get up into our house, uh, a deck that was accessible for me, and then a, a ramp in the back where I, I could get down and to my office, which is in a building behind our house. And on top of that, people were continuing to bring us meals, supporting us financially, because I obviously wasn't able to do that personally. If it wasn't for the people of God surrounding us and supporting us in the ways that they have, it would make this extremely difficult situation seem almost impossible. It was extremely encouraging and spoke the truth of the gospel. It was truly incredible. Almost feels like without the family of God, I don't know how we would survive. You know, with the closing of the church plant, we thought, well, all this work that we did over the last five years, now it's suddenly coming to an end. But now God is using all that work that we did in the building of relationships and pouring into the lives of people. We see the the fruit of that now where people are continuing to pour into our lives and speaking the gospel to us. 
Building community goes way beyond making ourselves useful. It goes way beyond seeing what we can get from others. Christian community is formed by service, led by the Spirit, but solidified in love. You know, I was talking to a good friend recently, and she reminded me of the parable of the talents in that God has given me uh, particular things now to advance the gospel, to speak about who Jesus is. And one of those talents that he's given me is my injury because people are seeing what's happening. Um, They're engaged in the story. They're drawn into it. And then they see the hope of the gospel and the mercy and the grace that God is showing to us. And whether that's inspiring to them or it's relaying the gospel to them, it's an opportunity for me to really encourage others and to speak to who Christ is. And I don't want to waste that talent. Instead, I want to be able to use that, not for my glory, obviously, but for God's glory and for the advancement of the gospel. People would never say like, oh, Mike is just the most amazing preacher in the world, or I learned so much from him because, you know, he can really exegete a text and it's just amazing. But people have always told me that what they appreciate about when I preach is that that they can see my heart and my love for the Lord as it comes through and then be able to see how to apply the text to their own life. That's really what I do love about preaching is be able to show my own heart and what God is doing in my life and showing other people that God can also work in their heart and show them who Jesus is that Jesus is more beautiful. He is more lovely than anything else that we can put our affections on. You know, right now I'm in a position where I'm not planting a church. I'm not on staff. My job is therapy and getting myself stronger again. And so not being able to preach on a weekly basis is uh, one of those great losses that I've experienced over the last seven to eight months where I'm not able to to do that regularly. And it's, it's a sadness. I miss it tremendously. Not being able to preach. Hmm. Could have fooled me. What Pastor Mike doesn't know is that this podcast, this Christian life reaches thousands of people every month and it keeps growing. So all those people will hear all this scripture all this encouragement, all this advice, because an ordinary guy named Mike is going through a struggle and God is using his story. Every detail of life is part of God's story. Whether you're in a wheelchair or in a hang glider, whether you're living in a one-bedroom apartment in Memphis or in a mansion on the coast of Scotland, as a Christian, your story is a rescue story, one that features you but stars Jesus. Your victories and your hardships all point to him. So tell your story. Tell what God has done for you in this Christian life. This Christian Life is a production of Family Stations Incorporated and is not affiliated with Christian Life Magazine or Plus Communications Incorporated. Family Radio.